It's news to us. We are live the week of November 9th, 2020. Welcome to the show. Actor David Duchovny is going to call in to share his thoughts about the presidential election. Hey, it's Eddie here, Katie and Jason. And Chris. All right. Hey. What's up? Yeah, look at that. Full house. We're all here. Uh, the gang is all here. Got the, got the whole gang. And David Duchovny is going to be part of the gang now, too, guys. Can David, yeah. can David Duchovny be part of the crew? Here's a little bit of his new song. Yeah, that is uh, David Duchovny singing. And uh, that's wow. why he's calling in, because he wrote an anti-Trump song. So he wanted to call in and, and talk about that and his band and uh, also just discuss politics in general with us. He specifically re- requested to come on the show. Uh, and also, uh, before that, though, well, as we all know, uh, Joe Biden is now president-elect, but Donald J. Trump is not conceding. What's happening there? We'll talk about that. No, I'm not thinking about concession speech or acceptance speech yet. It's news to us. With Eddie, Jason, and Katie. There's a lot to get to this week, but real quick, how's everybody doing? Fucking awesome. (laughs) Good weekend? It does feel like... uh, (laughs) You know, uh, uh, a heavy burden has been lifted off of us, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm still scared for the next couple months, but. But yeah, you know. after the um, the news on Saturday, everybody was really excited. And uh, when I say everybody, I mean, I don't know what, America. 70% of America was excited. <laughs> well, like, I think we have to like also put into context, like how fucking lucky we are because. It's really rare that a country really votes a dictator-like person out of office. Well, they, they, you tweeted something, Katie, about the, the cheating that, went ha- that happened. Yeah. So there was, I mean, uh, they're messing with the USPS. They were attempting voter suppression. They were yeah. pulling out every dirty trick in the book and uh, still ended up losing. And so you have to wonder, like, how much, I mean, I know it wasn't like a, like, super exciting win. We still won, so that made it super exciting. It wasn't a blowout is what you're saying. Yeah, it wasn't a blowout win, but you have to wonder how much we really did win by, how much that vote wasn't accounted for. Um, And we also just have to be fucking grateful that it happened because it, it is a very rare thing in history that a country is able to accomplish what we did as American citizens. How, how did you feel on election night, Chris? Uh, All right, maybe, night, maybe not, maybe not election night, but Saturday specifically. Saturday was good. Uh, you know, I was um, pretty much decided by Friday on my Biden has the sewn up, you know, I don't really see a way that uh, uh, Trump could, you know, come back and, and somehow win this magically. So by Friday, I'm like, why don't they call the election? Come on. This is in the bag. That's where I was on Friday, too. I was like, right. whatever. He won. 
Well, that uh, leads into the dirty deeds tonight. Even though uh, President Joe Biden-elect has been called by all the major news outlets and all the organizations that do that officially, uh, Trump has yet to concede what is happening with that, why is that dangerous, and what the hell is going on. The Dirty Deeds. An in-depth look at this week's most important stories. Every major news network, Associated Press, on Saturday projected Joe Biden as the winner to take the White House, but uh, DJT saying that he will not concede, alleging widespread voter fraud and tens of thousands of illegal ballots. Of course, uh, we knew that this would happen because he's been uh, setting us up for this for the past uh, six months. He's been giving us he was plenty of, of heads up that he was going to do this. Not yeah. surprised. Not surprised at all. You guys surprised? No, no, yeah. no. It was inevitable. His uh, lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, had a press conference at the Four Seasons landscaping <laughs> business. <laughs> fucking awesome. Um, and. <laughs> This is where he apparently found out for the first time from a reporter that um, DJT was not going to be the president and that the all the news outlets called Joe Biden. He found this out live on a press conference. Just, the call for Joe Biden isn't. Is who was it called by? All the. Oh, my goodness. All the networks. Wow. All the networks. <laughs> we have to forget about the law. He sounds like uh, someone from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, like a character. Whoa! All the networks! I think he's being facetious. It it sounds like he's being facetious. He is. What a jackass. He is being facetious. (laughs) But I do back up real quick to where they held this press conference at the Four Seasons Landscaping. (laughs) I mean, I think it, it... it's just a perfect way, uh, just a perfect view of what this administration has been like the last four years. Like, just incompetent buffoons. A prime example. Well, you have to explain that a little bit. Uh, people are speculating that they meant to actually book the Four Seasons Hotel, and they made a mistake, and they booked Four Seasons Landscaping Business and didn't admit to that <laughs> mistake. I By the way, for to say that. Well, I, I just for well, anybody who doesn't know. Trump like tweet out earlier that there was a press conference at the Four Seasons? He did. Yeah. yeah. He did. <laughs> yeah. And and by the way, the Four Seasons landscaping was also right next to a dildo shop. <laughs> Have you guys seen the video of the virtual reality furries dancing in the parking lot? <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, that sounds amazing. It's pretty good. But so you have uh, Trump not conceding, but it's because a lot of people are in his ear. Not only Giuliani saying, gotta keep fighting this, but also Republicans that are in office right now are even placating this craziness. Like uh, everyone's favorite, Senator Lindsey Graham. He warned Donald Trump that he should not concede. That's what he told Donald Trump reportedly, because if he concedes, Republicans will, quote, never be able to elect another president for their party again. Wah! Wah, maybe people don't want you to be elected. It's called a democracy, you jackass. Uh, here is Lindsey Graham. But okay. Trump has not lost. Do not concede, Mr. President. Fight hard. Do not concede, Mr. President. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, Lindsey Graham. It's the only impression I can do. So Eddie's impression of Lindsey Graham is just... Mr. Oh, President. 
<laughs> By the way, just for fun, since we're on Lindsey Graham real quick, here's Lindsey Graham kissing Joe Biden's ass. If you can't admire Joe Biden as a person, then it's probably you got a problem. <laughs> you need to do some self-evaluation. Because what's not to like? He's the nicest person I think I've ever met in politics. Is that right? He is as good a man as God ever created. He's as good as a man as ever as God ever created. As yeah. good a man. Well, yeah, he's, a, he's a snake in the grass, that Lindsey Graham. What happened to Graham? He had a crush on Biden. Now, you know, his crush has been switched to DJT. Well, you know, he he'll he's sort of like a teenager, whoever he sees on the front of Teen Beat, except uh, Time Magazine, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but... I don't know. So they're they're claiming that there's corruption happening, but is there really corruption happening? Well, this is according to Georgia's Republican Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan. And this is specifically in Georgia. He says, quote, we have not had any sort of credible incidents raised to our level yet. And so we'll continue to make sure that the opportunity to make sure every legal ballot is counted is there. But, you know, at this point, we've not seen any sort of credible examples of corruption. That's coming from a Republican. So why is Lindsey Graham and a few others, why are they kissing his ass? Trump's ass still he lost. I don't get it. What's going on there? I mean, I do get it. But what do you guys think? I feel like Trump's the type of person to throw people under the bus on his way out if he's going down. So I don't know. Maybe he knows something. But if he knows something, wouldn't he know it when he's out of office as well? Do you think Lindsey Graham will continue to kiss Trump's ass even after he's gone? Well, even after yes. DJT is out of office, 70 million people voted for him, allegedly. Yeah, like he's still going to be he's the still, face of yeah. this party. Like he's not going to just go away at this point. Like we have a serious situation on our hands that 70 million people voted for this. I know, right? I know, yeah, but, but so even though 70 million people... My concern is the... Go ahead, Chris. Uh, I was going to say, he's going to try and run again in 2024. Well, I would just say that you can't run if you're in prison. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Hopefully yeah, we're there. He, he, and let's not forget that his personal lawyer went to jail for crimes that he directed him to do, making him by extension guilty. But and he was not prosecuted for those because he's the president. And once he's, and he's not, under multiple investigations, state investigations. Yeah, already. those are only the federal charges I'm talking about. And then the Southern I mean, District of New York, once they get on his ass. Yeah, Southern District in New York is up his ass so far. Like he's scared to death. But peaceful so. uh, transition of power is very important in this country. And uh, More so now than ever. Yeah, and yeah. it's something that's been a tradition. And that's what makes America America. And it, just a, a little bit of, of democracy. A bit of background on that. Katie, why don't you enlighten us? Because our public education system sucks. And I didn't know any of this until you just brought it up in our in our show prep. Well, I didn't know anything about it until this morning when I saw something about it. Um, but basically, there is an arm of the federal government called the General Services Administration. And it was established by President Harry Truman in 1949 with the tasks of administering supplies and providing workplaces for federal employees. So they play a leading role in transferring presidential power. 
Um, and this was originally passed with the Presidential Transition Act. And that requires the GSA to provide administrative support and office space to the president-elect in the incoming so administration. an actual act that was passed that requires a president to to uh, cooperate in the transition. I didn't know I did not know that. I thought it was just kind of like a good good faith sort of thing. That's kind of what I thought too. It also provides money to the incoming administration. Yeah, so like this basically like allows them office space and money to fill you know, the thousands and thousands and thousands of seats or like positions within the federal government that they need to fill before they go in to the presidency so that they can hit the ground running. And they also have to get up to date on like all of the major policy things that are going through or going on. I mean, like I remember Obama left uh, Trump a huge or not coronavirus, a pandemic task force. And actually, wanted to put together training for the incumbent, then Donald Trump, on how to handle a pandemic, but then that was all ignored. For example. Yeah. For example. But I didn't know that that was part of this act. I didn't even know there was yeah. an act. And, but do you think Donald Trump is going to adhere to any of this? He's probably going to ignore it on his way out. What do you think? Probably going to, like, try to piss on the carpet before he leaves. He's going to shit in the Resolute desk. Ooh. Watch your mouth. <laughs> uh, you know, I. Yeah, that's pretty funny because it's hard to there's say. There's been a, a tradition of. What's that? Uh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, sorry. There's been a tradition uh, with all modern presidents of uh, leaving a letter in the desk wishing the. Uh, New incomer, <laughs> you know, good luck, good luck and be a steaming pile of advice shit. and all that. Yeah, the uh, oh. still just leave a deuce. He's not going to leave a deuce. He's going to have a note, and it's going to read, "Woman, man, person, TV, <laughs> camera." There's going to be Adderalls <laughs> and, and also there's going to be it. Adderall crushed <laughs> into the carpet, right. like like makes it the carpet like <laughs> chunky and let's not kid ourselves there's no way the president has solid bowel movements there's oh, no. absolutely no way but anyways enough of that um, that's speculation we, that's, we, I think we have to say that that's just mere speculation we have sources on that so not only is there the GSA to help the uh, incumbent president but also every other person who has ever lost for the presidency in the general election has had a concession speech. This is something that Trump should have done days ago. Uh, here's John Kerry, for example, when he lost. Uh, I spoke to President Bush and I offered him and Laura our congratulations on their victory. That's a Democrat right there. Here's John McCain when he lost to Obama. I had the honor of calling Senator Barack Obama to congratulate him congratulate him on being elected the next president of the country that we both love. And that was a famous concession speech for a lot of reasons, but one was just there because people were booing and then he like tells the crowd, stop it. That's horrible. Here's Al Gore conceding. Just moments ago, I spoke with George W. Bush and congratulated him on becoming the 43rd president of the United States. And I promised him that I wouldn't call him back this time. And here's Hillary Clinton. 
But I want you to remember this. Our campaign was never about one person or even one election. It was about the country we love. And here's Donald Trump. No, I'm not thinking about concession speech or acceptance speech yet. Okay. But I'm thinking of concession snacks. <laughs> what is happening is not good for America. And uh, we'll talk more about that in a second. In fact, it could be, even be dangerous. But first, uh, we have to get to a sponsor. Jason, Funrise. Tell us about Funrise. We've heard for years that it's important to have a diverse portfolio. Stocks, bonds, mutual funds. Yes. But if you've ever looked at a breakdown of the most successful portfolios, you'll typically see a diverse set of real estate. Yeah. So why isn't it one of the first yeah. asset classes you consider when you're looking to diversify? Well, I'll I'll tell you why. It hasn't been available to investors like you and me until now, Jason. That's right. Thanks, Thanks. for Fundrise. Thank you, Fundrise. I mean, I, this is something that we should all be looking at, especially uh, anyone who wants to retire is investing. And since 2014, the Fundrise platform has averaged 8.7 to 12.4% annual returns and investments have earned more than $79 million in dividends alone. Now, 8.7 to 12.4, that's really damn good. Super good. That is really good. So you want to make this part of your portfolio. So they have an easy-to-use website. You go over there, you can track all of your progress and show off. When, if you're at a bar or something and you're sitting next to somebody you're interested in, you can just pull up the Fundrise website and turn up the brightness on your phone. Uh, get started at Fundrise.com slash news to us to have your first 90 days of advisory fees waived. Fundrise.com slash news to us. That's F-U-N-D-R-I-S-E dot com slash news to us. Have your first 90 days of advisory fees Waved fundrise.com slash news to us. Yes, and uh, all right. Fundrise, thank you very much. Helping people out. Uh, especially, you know, a lot of people are, are concerned about this sort of thing, retirement, and et cetera, et cetera. So thank you, Fundrise. But uh, back to our dirty deets. The dirty deets. An in depth look at this week's most important stories. All right. So uh, to not concede. Is it dangerous? Well, is it dangerous? Prep, but uh, my take is, uh, and I'm just going to go for it right now. Oh, no. Uh, him not conceding right now with 70 million people that have voted for DJT. If he does not concede and he, he keeps fighting and fighting in the middle of the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, when uh, President-elect Joe Biden does take office and starts trying to implement, you know, public health regulations 70 million supporters of djt will not support him because they will see him as an illegitimate president yeah it's dangerous so covid19 yeah. will just spread more and more because people that support djt who follow every word that he says are going to fight the power in their eyes and uh, yeah. i think that like just it, that's like just the, uh immediate future like this is a huge issue and anybody who loves America could see that this is a problem. And this is clear to me that Trump does not love America. He's only out for himself. He doesn't know how to accept defeat. He's a little baby with a big diaper. And yeah. um, it is dangerous for that reason. Um, 
Well, I mean, and on that yeah. note, Biden came out today with his own coronavirus task force. And, he did, yeah. You know, so he's already he's moving along because yeah, he's trying. It, it is important to, to note that the Constitution does not require a candidate to concede. It is just what we've done in America. It is uh, tr- tradition, and it's also for the good of the country. When you have that that much power, when you have that much say, when you have that big of a so, mouthpiece, you need to be looking out for the the common good. Yes, and it doesn't. But like, so this GSA Department of the Government is run by a Trump appointee. So they're not going to release the funds or the office space or any of the things needed for the Biden campaign is what it's looking like at this point. They're refusing to do these things. So so Biden well, is like well, going to be coming in blind, essentially. Yeah, I mean, so my understanding is that there's office space, and they they set that up months before the election. But the the fact that they haven't released uh, like funds, like uh, there's no financial help uh, for the transition, and uh, the more important thing is uh, with them not signing off on the transition, uh, it'll you know Biden's team aren't allowed to go into different agencies alongside with the DJT's team uh, to learn everything that's going on, like in-depth knowledge. I mean, let's be honest. They don't have much knowledge. The appointees in the Trump administration are all a bunch of buffoons, and most of those um, offices aren't even filled. They're all vacated. Well, the heads of those offices, but they're still career officials that are doing their work still. There's still still knowledge in there, and there's – that needs to be brought up so Biden can, you know, those officials. Is there really knowledge? Will still be there. I mean, once they get in, there's probably going to be people working actively against Biden. Uh, is what I'm most afraid of. Well, like I was listening to Ben Rhodes today talk on Deadline White House. I think it was, and even he was saying, like, even with a really great smooth transition, when he worked on Obama's transition, um, in 2006. Yeah, eight or two thousand eight. I'm sorry. The he that when they took office, they still had no idea what they were getting themselves into with the financial crisis. Mm, man, so he I said mean that that was a smooth transition, and that they had access to all the information that they could get. Well, luckily Biden has been there, and it was only four years prior. I know that a lot can change in four years, but that might give him the upper hand as opposed oh, to like, a lot's changed in four years. But as opposed to <laughs> somebody who's he completely need fresh, a blueprint of the White House. He doesn't need a layout. Like he knows where yeah. each room is. Well, I know like, that. I'm not talking about the layout of the goddamn White House. He doesn't know where the toilets are. That, like, oh, where's the toilet? I'm, I can't run the country. I'm saying that Biden, out of it, you know, anyone who was running in the primary for the Democratic nomination. Out of all those people, I think Biden is the most capable of handling a transition such as this. You're right. You're right. You're totally right. He'll know what he's getting into. He's been in Washington for decades. Yes, he's most. I mean, he's yeah. He's he's the best. He'll be he'll be fine. That. He'll go and he'll be fine. He knows it's a mess. And he knows he's going to change everything anyways, and he knows how every department works. He's the vice president. We're in good hands, in my opinion. We are. It's just a lot. And I'm just trying to talk everyone off the ledge here. No, right. no president has ever handled a, a presidential transition in the midst of a financial crisis and a pandemic. So he's he'll handle it, but he's up against some 
high odds to come out of this unscathed. Well, you know, real quick, no president has ever led us into a financial crisis alongside a uh, public health <laughs> yeah, crisis. Exactly. So <laughs> well, yeah. there's that. Definitely half the country is not going to see it that way. <laughs> well, you know, there's only one person who can uh, heal America, and that is actor David Duchovny uh, from the X Files Californication. He's going to join us in just a moment. But uh, real quick, uh, we have to talk about HelloFresh. This oh has actually God. been a, a godsend during the pandemic. Uh, You know, saves time, stress, you get delicious and nutritious ingredients, it's sustainable, flexible, and it gives back, just to name a few things. Now, I've actually been using HelloFresh at home. We've been using it uh, ever since the start of the pandemic because we we tried all the different meal services, and this was the best one in our opinion just because of everything I just mentioned, the, the deliciousness. Uh, number one and the quality of ingredients, the recipes are amazing. And it, you get this box, they send it to you every week or however often you want it. And, uh, it has recipes that are just ready to go and they're easy to make convenient right to your doorstep. I, I always thought, you know, making some of these meals, I would never have the ability to do that. But after like looking at the picture, I'm like, I can't make this. And then I make it and I'm like, Whoa, that was awesome. It was easy. And, if Eddie can yeah. do it, you can do it. <laughs> you guys, what was your experience with HelloFresh? Oh, we had HelloFresh last week, and you know, after the election, uh, and you know the the stress, you know that ensued over the the couple days immediately after the election. I think HelloFresh really was awesome for us. It was delicious, and it was super easy. It was yeah. so nice, and we had like a yeah. good meal after like not sleeping all night like we didn't have to worry about you know what are we gonna have for dinner we already had it it was in our fridge i love not having to think about what to cook and if you're worried about the carbon footprint hello fresh it has no carbon footprint and that's really cool because i mean they send everything to you in a box and there's different packaging or whatever but the way that they've designed it is you you don't you really don't need to worry about that um so they're they're thinking about the environment and our climate. Those are the, I mean, when we need to be thinking about that more and we will be. Well, and by skipping the grocery store and using hello fresh, you're reducing your food waste by at least 25%. That's really cool too. Um, and so, uh, check it out. Uh, easy to change delivery days. And actually it's really, really good. Like, like I said, the start of the pandemic, hello fresh <laughs> was just a lifesaver because there were no ingredients to be found at the grocery store. So just saying that, uh, thank you, HelloFresh. I really do appreciate it. Um, this is no, this is not BS. I'm a customer. So, um, anyways, go to HelloFresh.com slash news to us ninety. That's news to us ninety. HelloFresh.com slash news to us ninety. Why ninety? Because you get ninety dollars off, including free shipping. News to us ninety. HelloFresh.com slash news to us ninety. And uh, all right. Thank you, HelloFresh. Seriously, you're a staple in my life. <laughs> um, actor David Duchovny is be calling in just a moment. We have to uh, hit a break. We'll be right back. It's news to us. We are back live on Adobe Radio. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Our guest, you know him, actor David Duchovny, X-Files, Californication, the new film, The Craft Legacy. But he's also an accomplished musician. His new album is called Gestureland. 
And we played a little bit of this earlier, but here's a bit of his new single called Layin' on the Tracks. And before the show's over, we'll play the whole song in its entirety. But uh, David Duchovny, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks for having me on. Uh, we appreciate you being here. How are you feeling after Saturday? <laughs> uh, I was, I'm was. i in New York, and I was uh, sitting in my living room, and all of a sudden I just heard cheering outside. And, and, and I ran to my balcony, and I just recorded some of it. And I, I swear to God, I started crying. It was such a... It was such a nice feeling to feel this. It was like the city exhaled. The city was holding its breath for four years. It just exhaled. I know. Didn't it feel like a giant weight was lifted off of your shoulders? That's what we were talking about earlier in the show. Just the, the constant negative energy that's been uh, put upon us over yeah, the past it, four years. It, it, it's, it's a real, uh, it's a real psychic kind of a thing. You know, you, I think, I think uh, humans get used to uh, uh, deprivation or they get used to negative situations and it becomes the new normal. <clears throat> and, then, and then when you get a glimpse of how it was or how it could be or how it may be again, it just feels, it feels new. And it felt sunny and the weather was amazing. It was 70. It was just nuts. Yeah, and uh, we were talking about this also earlier in our show about um, Trump refusing to concede what are yeah. your thoughts and feelings on that craziness? Well, I think it's par, you know, it's par for the course for this guy. I mean, I've been thinking about <clears throat> what should happen uh, with him afterwards. I mean, obviously he, he can not concede, but he's got to go. But, um, <clears throat> you know, we're, we, we should, we should heal as a nation. Right? Everybody's talking about healing, but I think that actually, um, I think for healing to happen, uh, consequences have to also happen, you know, because, Healing is not just ignoring that crimes were committed and that we had a criminal in the White House and people trying to enable him. So, I mean, I'm not I'm not a vindictive person, but I do feel like he has to go to prison. There is such a thing as justice. There, there has to be. There has to be in order to. I think that's part of healing. Healing is not saying, okay, um, because you're on the other side, you get to commit a crime. You know, people say. People were saying, oh, they just want Trump out of office because he's a Republican and they lost when they didn't want to lose. And that's not true. People, people might have wanted him out of office, but they wanted him out of office because he's breaking laws. Yeah, we actually got into a little bit of a Twitter feud with somebody that was trying to convince us that Trump should not be punished for his crimes. And Katie, you held the ground on that one. Um, but I don't know. It, it's. It's crazy to me that some people do think that in order to heal the country, we should not prosecute these crimes. But I think uh, all of us on this show are in agreement with you. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. it just really opens up the door for it to happen again. It would be a very destructive message not to uh, hold the most powerful man alive to account when he so grossly and negligently abused that power. Yeah. 
Yeah, you have you have you have the crimes he committed in office, which are which are more difficult to prosecute because a president does have a lot of power, and and, and there's gray areas in which he exercises it. And you may be able to go back in history and and, and make a case that other presidents have have broken laws, but I, I, I'm perfectly happy with him just being prosecuted for whatever shitty crimes he committed as a private person. I'm okay right. with that. Yeah, the Southern exactly. District of New York has a huge laundry list, but... <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So a little bit, let's talk about you a little bit. Uh, your mom is from <laughs> Scotland, and I understand yeah. that this is the first time she actually voted was in this election. Did you, did you convince <clears throat> yeah. her to vote, or was it the, just the state of the world that convinced herself to vote? You know, it's a really good question for you to ask me because, you know, I've been watching the uh, Republican talking points afterwards about, <clears throat> excuse me, about how uh, people have been manipulated into voting for Biden or <clears throat> the Democrats have cheated in some way. And if if, if I say, oh, you know, I, I asked my 90-year-old mother to vote for Biden in a way, in a way that's cheating because actually what did happen is... She wanted to vote for Biden because she detests Trump. But when we got to the polling place, <clears throat> I have to tell you that the people there made sure with my mother, and they were busy. This was, uh, you know, just a few days before uh, the election. We voted a little early. They made sure that my mother was voting for who she wanted to vote for and not for the younger people around her who, who were, you know, taking her there. And I thought that was beautiful and wonderful. This is in New York. Now, when you say they made sure, you mean the election officials said, "Are you are you being told? Are you under duress? Like how did they? How did they? How not did really, they... not really under duress. Okay. you know, like when when kidnapped her. Okay, but you know, wanted to make sure that she was voting for who she wanted to vote for. You know, wanted, very went nice. over the ballot with her, and I was like, oh my god, in New York, you know, where they're probably leaning for Biden, and they. They wouldn't be so upset if there was another vote for Biden in there. They're really playing by the rules. And I and I I'm sure that that happened all over the country. And it's such a crock of shit what they're trying to perpetrate now. Yeah, it really is. Uh, Is this I don't really recall you ever being so vocal about uh, politics. Is this the first time you've ever decided to speak out and. Well, I don't really, I don't, you know, to me, there's not a lot of value in celebrities speaking out because I don't, I don't think of, I don't think of myself as an expert. I don't think of celebrities as experts. And and I'm a real believer, as I just said, in one person, one vote. And in a way, you know, I thought about celebrity endorsements as being kind of a free commercial. And I don't like that idea that, that your voice may carry some kind of monetary weight that another voice might not. On the other hand, I don't think anybody's changing their vote because I think one way or Bono thinks one way or whatever. You know, it's all a kind of a game we're playing. But I do have a voice as a private citizen, and my opinion is just as valid as anybody else's. And Trump just had a way of getting under my skin that made me want to speak out. I haven't been that interested in politics, and I don't think I'll continue to be. But I was appalled by this person, and I was energized uh, to speak out against him. Did you ever think that you might lose fans by getting more political and talking about your opinions? Uh, probably people do, you know. Um, but on the other hand, just like I don't think I'm going to change any any votes one way or the other, I also don't think, um, I think if you are seeking out your entertainment because of that person's political views, um, I don't know what kind of entertainment you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe Tucker Carlson or something, I don't know. <laughs> 
uh, if I lost Tucker, you know, that's a, that's a loss I'm going to have to take. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish he still wore that bow tie. Whatever happened to the bow tie? He stopped wearing uh, that. He was a little more tolerable when he looked like a cartoon character. Um, yeah, you know, the, I think uh, people were talking about, like, at one point, Ted Cruz, there was this, there's a German word that means a face that's in need of a slap. <laughs> and Ted Ted Cruz has one and Tucker has one, too. That's absolutely true. I agree. Do you think yeah, that the, you could write a whole book of faces that need slapping uh, <laughs> in that party? Right. <laughs> I mean, here's I'm a little bit worried about Mulder though, because I kind of feel like he would be a QAnon guy. <laughs> I know it's it's. I've thought about that recently. It's uh, it's made me think back on that stuff, and it's it, it it's very interesting to to think that oh, you know, Mulder. You know, he he probably would have been a QAnon guy, and then and then I then I'd have to just defend him and say, but he was he was really onto something. He wasn't on a comet pizza, he, <laughs> you know. In in his world, what he was onto was true, you know. But I'd hate to say that about QAnon. So yeah, it's a tough discussion. <laughs> yeah, it is. It really is. Uh, I mean, conspiracy theories in general are kind of hard to broach because people get very passionate about them. Um, well, I mean, conspiracy theories are they're good drama because people are always looking for a villain, right? And a conspiracy mandates that there was a villain, there was an idea, there was a group of people behind this thing. But in general, <clears throat> I've found in my life that uh, it's very difficult to keep a secret, especially one of global proportions. And people aren't that organized generally. So conspiracies, while they make good movies and good whodunits, they're they're really not. There's not that many of them in the real world. Are there any conspiracies that you subscribe to or think might actually be true? I think the uh, I think the Astros cheated uh, to win the World Series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that one. Well, that's just a fact. See, that's just one team, right? See, I believe that. That's just like you know, twenty five, thirty guys. Uh, right. Right. Yeah, on most. a global scale. I mean, the deep state yeah. thing and all that. Well, the deep state is just another word for bureaucracy, which I believe in. I mean, when, when, when we've seen the, the, the medical bureaucracy, the guys like Fauci uh, come forward and do amazing jobs uh, that were just muzzled and, and eviscerated by the Trump administration because they hate expertise. And, and I, that's the bureaucracy. The deep state are the apolitical experts who exist from from uh, institution, from, from administration to administration that were in with Bush, that were in with Obama. They're just good at what they do. They don't care who's in charge, Republican, Democrat. That's the beautiful deep state. That's the experts. So I'm a big fan of the deep state. The conspiracy deep state is a crock of shit. Yeah. Yeah. I, we couldn't agree more here, obviously. Uh, well, your song, though, is uh, it, I was jamming out to it last night while making HelloFresh our sponsor. So look at that. I'm all in. <laughs> But, uh, but, uh, you know, you talk about in this song, it seems like uh, just a big fuck you to Donald Trump, in my opinion. But also, I've uh, read and heard in other interviews you've done that you say that you think Trump actually has the ability to grow. Do you, do you really, do you really think that? I I mean, (laughs) somebody may have misquoted you or something. I don't know. But do you, do you really think that? Well, I think. I'm not sure that I said, if I said that, it might've been when I wrote the song about a year and a half ago, but I'm not sure that I, I even meant it then. But I think maybe what you're referring to 
is if I was to try to explicate the song almost line by line, but I won't do that with you here, but it's really, it's kind of a shifting point of view in the song. And in the, in the first, there's not really any chorus, but the first chorus type thing, uh, I say the part of the part of you that needed love, you had to kill, you had to make it pay. So there's this, I was kind of like thinking about myself as an actor, even though I'm saying you, and it's like, you know, part of you that needed love, you made it pay as a career. So I'm kind of talking to myself. And then the third chorus, I'm talking to myself again, the part of part of me that turned away, I have to kill. I have to break the chain. So that's the part of me that was apolitical, didn't care about politics, realizing that if I don't get involved, that's like not being empathetic. That's not being human. That's almost being as bad as this man that I'm writing the song about. So mm. in a way I'm talking about my ability to change my need to change or somebody else's need to connect somebody else's need to discover their own pain that drives them to want to kill or to, or, or to turn it into gold. And, you know, Trump is beyond help, I think, but I was talking to other people that might go down that road and to myself. So it's not really, in my mind, it was never really just like, fuck you, Trump. It was fuck you, David, too. And fuck you, anybody that's lost their empathy or turned away from other, from their fellow man. So you you think that being apolitical is a bad thing? I mean, we half of this country didn't. No, no. not necessarily. Okay. Not necessarily. I, I think being apolitical is a is a luxury for sure. I think right. I think it's a, I think it's a possibility uh, in in some epics sometimes, and but I think in this uh, particular this particular uh, election, this particular time, it was very hard to be apolitical. I think it's a real it's a real gift if if you can have a an administration that allows a lot of its people just to go about living their lives. You did keep the lyrics in this new song. We're going to play in its entirety in just a second. David Duchovny's laying on laying on the tracks. Um, you kept the lyrics pretty vague. Uh, is yeah. I, I would imagine that was on purpose. You yeah. is that because you want people to come to their own conclusions as to what the song means, or was there a deeper meaning behind that? Well, the song kind of came together from a couple different places. It came to me. Colin Lee had written the original pass at it, and it was kind of a personal song. And then I started to tinker with the words, and I was kind of turning into a more overtly political song. And But we ended up like trying to keep a personal edge, which is what I was just kind of talking about. So it was it was vague, yes. I like to keep... I like to keep my lyrics as vague and as specific also as possible because to me, the best songs are the ones that I hear, you know, that somebody else wrote, but I feel like, Oh, I could have written that, or I wish I'd written that, or that's about me, or I really understand that. And if there's too many, too many specifics, then it's obviously about the person who wrote it. It's harder to put on that suit, you know, for yourself. Yeah. I think all the greats are really good at the, uh, being vague, with their songwriting. I, I would imagine one of your influences has got to be Bob Dylan, right? Oh, well, he's, you know, he's the best, best lyricist. Um, I love uh, Cohen's lyrics, uh, uh, Patty, uh, Amy Mann, um, Chrissy Hine, great lyrics. Uh, you know, there's, there, there's great lyricists out there. It's, it's, uh, it, and, and when it happens, it's, it's deceptively simple. You know, you like, you look at, you look at a petty lyric on a page and it'll be underwhelming. And then you hear the song and you're, you know, you're weeping. Right. Yeah. And it was also good to hear Tom Petty during the, um, 
the the speech that Biden gave the other night. That was really cool. Um, yeah, you, yeah. You did release this song yeah. though. You go ahead. Yeah, I'm just glad we don't have to listen to uh, Macho Man anymore. Watch, uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> YMCA, whatever the hell he was playing. Um, He's stone deaf. He doesn't understand that that's a gay anthem. He just does not understand anything. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? Republicans love the village people. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm from New York. Well, I, I love the village people. They're playing. New Yorkers. Okay, you got a construction guy. I see those guys all the time. It's fine. Uh, I know construction guys. They're great. I know yeah. those people. They build things. Yeah, I don't. I don't pay them, but they build things. <laughs> yeah. um, but you, you released this song just before the election. But you did say that you don't think you're going to sway anybody. Have you heard from uh-huh. anybody on the internet? Maybe uh, on Twitter. Someone said, uh, "David, you uh, made me vote for Joe Biden. Thank you." <laughs> Uh, that'd be great. But I, I think mostly what happens is, you know, a song is really, it's, it's hard to have. A, I mean, the truth is we, we, we have to find a way to talk to one another and, and a song is, is really not that thing. A song is more of a, a one-sided monologue. Right. And I have the line, <clears throat> stupid orange man in a cheap red hat. And that's not going to start a dialogue. That's like a conversation ender, you know? So I, I feel like in many ways, this is not, this is not a bridge that I threw out there. I mean, the bridge happens now. Um, for me, it was just like, shit. Um, I just have to go on record as saying that I think this guy is a hat salesman. You know, that's all I think he is. <laughs> and, and, um, you know, yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure it's going to offend a lot of people that really love this guy. And there's a lot of them out there, and that's cool. And and we do have to have a dialogue with these people who are heartbroken right now that this guy has to has to go off stage um, because they're a large part of this country. And and to to try to figure out how to have that conversation now is, is the big, is the big problem. And I, I hope Joe Biden can do it. And I hope Kamala Harris can do it. And I hope we all can do it because we do have to, we, we can't, we can't go on split like this. It's just, uh, it's just crazy. I agree. And that's a, a good place to wrap it up. But uh, I did want to talk to you more about your band and your, cause it's not, it's not just you though. It's uh, you have other musicians involved. I was kind of curious about that. And how it all I have great musicians and I do understand wanting to talk about the music and I'd love to. It's just, it's just this time of life, you know, the last four years. Oh no, we love this week. That's all we can talk about. We, well, this know, is a hopefully pol- yeah. we'll get our lives back at some point. So no, it's, I mean, you're, you're totally fine. I mean, we talk about politics all the time on this show. So I was just curious right. personally, that's just a personal thing I was curious about. But, um, yeah. so the, the new album is called Jesterland. There isn't a release date on that yet. Right. Or are you able to give us an exclusive or do you want us to come no, up with a date I, for I, you? We can I come can't. up with a date. I don't know when it's coming out. So the problem was we, we were recording and then we got shut down with pandemic last spring. And then, we kind of came together to try to figure out if we could get one so that one song out. So we all our, all our energies went into getting laying on the tracks out, and we put everything else on the back burner. And so now we're going to go back and we're going to mix. But we're we're at the stage where we're just mixing. We have everything. So now we mix uh, the other thirteen or fourteen songs. We'll pick ten, and then we'll bring out the album in the next couple months. Okay, cool. We're looking forward to uh, Chesterland. We'll play Laying on the Tracks. This song is completed and it's out there from David Duchovny. And 
Um, you know, it'd be great to have you stop by our our session space. I'd be, be happy sometime. to. We could talk. We could talk more about music, or you know, we could. It could just. It could just turn into this all over again. We'll yeah. Hell yeah. Come back. <laughs> come back anytime if you ever need to vent. We're happy to to <laughs> talk about this stuff with you. Uh, Can I add uh, the parting question here? Sure. sure. Chris, yeah. go ahead. Who do you think the uh, bigger villain is, the smoking man or Donald Trump? Who's a what? A bigger villain? Yeah. <laughs> Um. Wow. <laughs> you stumped me. You stumped me. Um, yeah. Jesus. Um. Wow. Yeah. I got. I got to go with the uh, uh, smoking man. He's just. Uh, he's. I think he's a slicker. I think he's slicker. Yeah. Mm, yeah he's definitely more intelligent. Yeah, there's something about him. He's just slicker. All right. That's a great question. Better, better, better water skier, too. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. We're going to play your song, Laying on the Tracks. We appreciate you uh, calling in and taking the time with us. All right. Thank you. Take care. Bye. David Duchovny, famous actor. All right. Here's his song, Laying on the Tracks. News to us. There's a part of 
Okay, yes. David Duchovny, great. Cool song, too, and um, I, I enjoyed listening to it the other night while I was cooking. Hey, the truth is out there. <laughs> I'm so happy that David Duchovny shares the, the same mindset that I do. It was refreshing. I don't know why. It, it's nice to know that, though. There's these famous actors, and you watch them on TV, and you think, ah, oh, he seems like a cool guy, that it turns out oftentimes they're dicks, but David Duchovny was not. Very cool guy. In fact, he could probably sit in as a co-host anytime and fit right in. We Don't even say his oh. name. We'll just say this is Jim. Jim from Raleigh, North Carolina. Fan co-host. Cool to, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's like one of the um, you know actors that, you know, it would be cool to, like, hang out and just have a beer and, like, chat with. You know, like, yeah, seems so personable and easy to get along with, at least for me. Yeah, yeah, difficult. I, I think so. I think so. Very talented. Uh, follow It's News to Us on Twitter, of course. We are always tweeting throughout the week. It's News to Us, and then we'll let you know when this uh, show is on the podcast as well, if you're listening live. Thank you to HelloFresh. HelloFresh has a offer for our It's News to Us listeners. Go to HelloFresh.com slash News to Us 90. Uh, use News to Us 90. Use that code and get $90 off, including free shipping. Do that right now. I would I would advise you to do that right now because uh, some states are going to start getting more strict about where you go and whatnot, and grocery stores might get a little hairy. HelloFresh might help you out during the rest of this pandemic. Anything else, guys? Wear a mask, wash your hands. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. Appreciate it very much, Tim Apple.